0: Hi, guys, it's Jake Rosenberg
1: and Stephanie Mark. We are the co founders of Covetour. Welcome to another episode of Checking In With.
0: For everyone listening on Apple Podcasts, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. And today we are so excited to be checking in with Deborah Messing, one of our favorites, longtime Covetour favorite. Hi, Deborah, how are you doing?
2: Hi guys, I'm doing well. I'm happy to see your faces.
0: Happy to see you too. And for everyone listening, you know, Deborah, we met Deborah at her home pretty much a year ago, like April 2019. We had such a fun shoot, we, you know, yeah. all the things in her closet. It was an amazing day. And now we are all back in our separate homes, but talking to each other. So um, Deborah, how are you holding up? Like, where where in the world are you? What's what's going on?
2: Well, I'm in Manhattan, right in the thick of things. Um, you know, I would be lying if I didn't say that it's been uh, kind of traumatizing. Um, you know, I, I live right by the park, and so the constant sound of sirens going by you know, it's it, that and looking out the window and not seeing anybody, it's just this constant reminder that things are just not right. And um, luckily, now the, the numbers are getting better for New York City, but I haven't left, except for a 10 minute walk with my dog two days ago, I have not left my house in uh,
1: 40 days.
0: Oh my God. Wow.
1: But, well, that's not refreshing. Obviously, this is not the news anyone wants to hear, but I do think it is refreshing. I think so much of the narrative, especially when, you know, people are talking to each other, everyone wants to be positive. And of course we should be, but I also think it's refreshing to be like, life is super weird. At least once a day, I'm like, have I died? And I'm in a parallel universe? Because everything seems super weird where I think just sometimes acknowledging it can make everyone around you feel as comforted as they do when you're like least you know x y and z so I do appreciate yeah. your you know honesty
2: I think that you know if I, I feel like if you don't acknowledge it you'll drive yourself crazy if if you if you just say you know how great the opportunity is to catch up on your reading, and how great it is to have the opportunity to learn a new language. You know, all of those things are wonderful, but um, you know, there is a lot of suffering going on, and a lot of uncertainty, and um, so I think, I think what I've done is just sort of come to a, a peaceful place of understanding that every day it's going to be up and down and up and down there are going to be hours where i feel you know very much at peace and there'll be others where you know i my anxiety will kick in and um luckily thank god for technology thank god for zoom and facetime and being able to check in with your loved ones and your friends and You know share a tequila um or true yeah you know and trying to have some some laughs with your your buddies uh yeah so so that's 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 where i am
1: (laughs) i thought you were gonna say thank god for xanax and i was like isn't it the best but yes also thank god for zoom and all of the other things yes Yes. i do agree
0: um
1: yeah and I, you know, I think you're in New York, obviously, where you usually reside, but of course, your daily routine must have, you know, drastically changed. It would be, you know, I think insightful if you could sort of walk us through what a new normal day looks like for you now.
2: Um, well, <laughs> uh, my normal day is sleeping very, very late. Um, that is something that I've indulged in because in my normal life, I'm getting up at the crack of dawn of, of dawn. Um, so I'm, you know, sleeping until 11 and getting nice. up and, and having, you know, some oatmeal and some tea and watch the news. And, um, and then I literally have a list on my refrigerator of all the things that I could potentially do that would, Feed me in some way. So, like, so on the list would be yoga, meditation, um, exercise tape, play the piano, learn Spanish, learn the ukulele, um, (laughs) uh, clean out the closet, um, you know, uh, FaceTime somebody. Yeah. So, so generally, you know, I think what, what I've found is that music has been incredibly healing for me. Um, I play a lot of music. I've been taking I've been taking singing lessons virtually, um, okay. and I've been taking piano lessons, and I've been taking ukulele lessons.
0: Wow! all all, all virtually?
2: Uh, no, the, the the instruments are through apps.
1: Okay. Wow. I did our app recently, and it is very good.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. And so
2: I find that you know it when I when I have that to focus on, it's really good for me. And I, then I stay up until three thirty in the morning reading. I've been I've been just voraciously reading, um, which is not novel for me because I never had the time yeah and so you know in that way that feels like a luxury and an indulgence Mm -hmm. um so i've just you know given over to my time clock being different than normal and um trying not to judge myself for (laughs)
0: um deborah i follow you religiously on social um as you know and you know you've been very vocal on social on twitter about coronavirus about politics about certain aspects of everything um where where do you get sort of you know your dose of news from and do you limit how much news you're taking in you know i know at the beginning of all this for me and, and my fiance we were you know watching the news constantly and it was it became it's a very stressful anxiety you know driven kind of day and so eventually we started to have limit you know how much and what we're watching and and what we're listening to um, how do you sort of how do you handle that you
2: know you're right it is so it is so tricky Um, in general you know I I joined Twitter for the news because I was always on um, a set somewhere and I couldn't get to a TV for the news or a traditional way so I started following you know, the Washington Post and um, the New Yorker and the New York Times and the Atlantic Magazine and, um, you know, Miami Post and all these different things. And then I started um, discovering people who were much smarter than me, um, who uh, I could look to to understand the larger concepts of what was happening. and both sides of, of each debate. And, um, you know, when, I, when I'm able to do it like that, I feel like it doesn't attack my nervous system as much as watching the news. Um, sure. I do watch the news. Like you, I, at, at one point in the beginning of the quarantine, I, I had to limit myself I had it on literally all the time, 24 yeah. hours a day. And everything, all the news was bad. And so I just, I just realized that um, I, I had to turn it off. Um, but now, now that I have my new boyfriend, uh, Governor Cuomo, yeah. who does his, <laughs> right? He's my new boyfriend, if anyone wants to know. Yeah. Um, he has come to the rescue to us New Yorkers. Yes. And I know that I can, I can see him every day and get the news that I, I know is trustworthy. And I know that he's not going to lie to us and he's not going to sugarcoat things. He's going to tell us exactly where we stand. And, um, you know, as scary as some of the things that he has said in the past, there's something very comforting to me knowing that I'm, I'm being told the truth. So, um, so for me, I think, you know, I really, every night I watch Rachel Maddow, I feel like, you know, she's brilliant. And um, she does a really good job for me of sort of taking like the big things that happened that day and helping me understand But otherwise you know if i have insomnia i'm i'm a notorious insomniac so if if i can't concentrate on a novel then i will definitely be on twitter like you know twitting away yeah yeah
0: Yeah. the
1: news yeah it could be dangerous for a period of time we were calling it the same not the news because we were like there's nothing new here it's just the same thing
0: every day
1: over i was like if there is something new everyone will know it will get to you one way or another otherwise it is almost paralyzing because you keep on hearing the same bad thing over and over again so yeah you know, i think tips of you know like what you said finding people who can explain it to you in a way that makes you feel comfortable and empowered is also really important
0: 100 percent for sure um we're gonna dive a little bit into activism and your career you know, we know you're the, the global ambassador for HIV AIDS for PSI. Um, how, how did you get involved in that? And, and what does that look like for you under normal circumstances? What does that look like now? Um, can you tell us a little bit about it?
2: About 14 years ago, I was living in Los Angeles and I was driving on Sunset Boulevard and I looked up and there was a billboard and it was an Aldo, the shoe, the shoe company, an Aldo... Um, Billboard, and it had, I think it was Alicia Keys was one of them. It had uh, hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil. And it was three huge musicians. And it was all about fighting stigma associated with HIV AIDS. And I remember seeing that and I, I was so stunned by it and I just thought that is genius genius to use these icons, these you know, music icons to spread this message. I was like, I need to find out who did this. And so it turned out that um, it was this woman, uh, Kate Roberts, uh, who was vice president of PSI. And I remember um, talking to my publicist. And in uh, telling her, you know, if there's any way that I can get involved, I would really love that. Cut to like a month later, I'm in New York City, and it's a, a special evening at Cartier. It was, you know, a private dinner. There were like 50 of us. And I'm seated across from this woman, and I'm like hi, what's your name? And she's like, oh, I'm Kate Roberts. I work for PSI. And I was like, what? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yes. I was like, oh my God. And, uh, and she was like, you know, it's crazy. I was just in my hotel room and Will and Grace came on and I was thinking, wow, Deborah. And I was like, I am at your service. You know, in any way that you think I can help, I want to help. And she was like, okay. So, you know, usually you, you, know, you don't hear right away, you know, or you get an email and they're like, okay, these are the things that we're, we're working on, you know. She literally the next day <laughs> wrote me and said, um, we're going to Zimbabwe for 12 days. Of course. And i was like, I, what? What? <laughs> and she said, you need to go on the ground. You need to come and you need to see what is happening in sub-Saharan Africa, and you need to see what we're doing. And I said, all right, I'm in. And we flew in and, you know, I, I met with people who had AIDS, um, who did not have access to medication until they were able to come to the PSI clinic. Um, I went to the testing facility, I was tested on videotape um, in order to disseminate all over again to show that it's not to be scared of it and that the whole thing took se- you know seven minutes for me to get my status. Um, there was a pilot project uh, that was voluntary circumcision. Okay. And uh, I held the hand of a 32 year old heterosexual man who was circumcised. And sang to him, "You are my sunshine." Oh. And uh, and the thing that was hilarious was like all the other men from from the organizations and the governments that came to the partners, they they were literally like cowering in the corner. They couldn't believe what was happening. But um, you know, I I saw that it was it was easy and quick and painless and. And now we know that if a heterosexual man gets circumcised, he is uh, 60% less likely to transmit HIV to a woman. Um, And so now PSI has offered free circumcision to millions of people in sub-Saharan Africa. So um, I was able to come back and go to uh, Capitol Hill and testify uh, to what I saw and witnessed. And our government at the time gave Zimbabwe $100 million as a result in order to do these pilot projects and to help put in these testing facilities and, and make medicine readily available. And um, very quickly, I realized that it was, it was my sole work. It was the thing that I, I feel like I was kind of put on this earth to do. Um, and so I've been back six times, um, different countries, different pilot projects. And um, every time I go back, I see the progress and uh, I'm able to come back and, and again, bear witness. Because unfortunately, you know, you read something and it just doesn't penetrate. You know, you have to actually like see it yeah. to really understand it.
0: Wow, it's quite I don't know when I'll be able to go
2: back, you know, because of COVID, who knows when I'll be able to go back to Africa. Yeah. Um, you know, it really is my happy place. Um, if you haven't gone, go.
0: So I haven't gone and I, there's been a few opportunities where just things have not allowed me to get there and all that but it's definitely right at the top of
2: three weeks Safari and bring your camera and it will blow your mind
0: I, I know it will I know a hundred percent or I'll come down and I we can document the work you're doing go on Safari do all sorts of different yeah yeah. yeah yeah be fantastic um, you know going back to looking at at the world right now and, you know, looking at the positives of what are happening, is there any sort of silver linings for you that you've seen, you know, happening or have experienced throughout, uh, you know, I know you, you said you've been at home for 40 days, um, which is, you know, a long period of time and, you know, the world is coming together in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, certain, certain things that are happening, um, are are positive what has been the most positive experience for you throughout this entire time
2: um i i think i think it's been able it's for the first time being able to just stop and sort of be quiet you know i think you know in my profession i'm always around you know 50 100 people yeah. you know there's always a lot of activity and motion and um, and to be forced to stay in my little you know my little apartment in New York City and I don't have outdoor space so literally just sort of trapped in this little apartment um, I, I it has allowed me to sort of I think reset in a way just sure. sort of to sort of take stock of what what has been going on in my life up until this point, and sort of given the opportunity to say, okay, what of that has been serving me? What hasn't been? What do I need? What don't I need? I think I think that's one of the biggest things is that 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 has come out of this is is realizing how little we need. Um, you know, we don't need. All the things that we think we need you know when it comes to it to it it's it's really just the people that we love and connection Perfect. and um i think it's realizing how uh how vitally important just even physical connection is
0: mm-hmm. definitely you it know it's interesting you say yeah, sorry uh you know the people that you love and um and the people in your life. and even I have found at least for me personally, uh, because a lot of the the day, especially living in New York and travel and all that kind of stuff, all that day to- day noise has kind of stopped. it's It's allowed me to, you know, either rekindle relationships that I haven't, you know had with somebody for a really long time, even though I can't go physically see them. but it's almost as though I'm now, you know connecting with more people from previous times in my life or, you know, current times in my life um, than I ever have before. And it's been so nice to catch up with people after years where, you know, you're just kind of picking up the phone and you're like, oh, you're in my head and I wanna to talk to you. Um, and you end up sitting on the phone for an hour, like catching up and those kinds of connections, um, I mean, for me are, are huge throughout this time. I mean, I haven't, you know, seen you in a year. and it's, it's so lovely to be able to like take time to like sit down and have a conversation. Um, and I think from, I mean, for me, that's like one of the biggest things is that there's all that noise that's kind of settled. Well, especially
2: up. for you, because, I mean, especially for you because you are constantly on a plane flying somewhere, you know, it's like it, what you do is really, it's, it, you are always on the go. And so I, you know, with jet lag and everything that comes with, you know, being displaced constantly, the last thing you think about is oh hey i'm gonna check in with my friend from high school
0: sure you know so yeah.
2: i hopefully see how just finally being in your apartment you know you it's you can finally you know remember the people that has that have had such a, a big impact on your
1: life for yeah. sure and also just the needing of things so my husband and i we've been in cape cod it's almost been two months probably but we left New York thinking we'd be here for two weeks max. So we did not bring that much with us. And, you know, um, generally I'm obviously like have loved fashion for forever, but the sort of exercise of being away from all of your things and realizing that you can really get away with not a lot and the things that you thought were important really weren't like is your family okay are your friends okay I got an email alert like the boots you were looking at have went on sale and I was like oh my god that seems so insane now that I was like thank god those boots you know it just really you know and when you mentioned slowing down we were you know when we first got out here everyone would say "What, what are you doing and I would always not even joking there is a beautiful lake and I was like I just my favorite activity is looking out the window because I feel like even that act of not having to go anywhere or do anything like when do you ever have that time where it's like oh I'll just sit at look outside for two hours like it is a really refreshing I think way and I do hope people take some of that with them you know when things subside and eventually everyone has to you know embrace technology a bit more sort of in their day-to-day and travel gets back up and those are all good things that we want i do hope people you know continue to take that like little bit of extra time Mm -hmm. just for themselves okay if we could if we could jump i'm gonna make a jump to um uh birthday candles which is um, a play that you're starring in. And it was postponed until the end of fall. Uh, The author, Noah, we, you know, read his account of shutting down rehearsals two weeks in. At the end, he wrote that the play is moved to later this year. And the quote is, when Broadway opens its doors to a new iteration of audience destined to discover that hell is not other people. It is our inability to connect with them. And sort of getting your thoughts on those words, um, you know, the play in general, and what attracted you uh, to that piece of work.
2: Um, let me just say that Noah Heidel is a genius. Um, he he really he really is a a magnificent writer, and um, his play, Birthday Candles, it. Uh, It follows a woman, Ernestine, and that's who I play, from the ages of 17 to 107. And I never leave the stage. And uh, it jumps. So 17 to 18 to 41 to 53. And uh, you see all the people in her life. You see her mother and you see her her husband and her kids and her grandkids and her great grandkids. And you see um, the, the power of time passing and the power of uh, human connection and relationship and what that means. And, uh, you know, I read, I I was sent the script and I the thing that made me fall in love with it was I would laugh out loud, and then the next page I would be crying. And, you know, that's my jam. You know, something that will make you laugh because we have to laugh, you know, and life is funny and absurd. Um, But to also be moved and to um, be reminded of things that you may have forgotten or may have never really acknowledged with the help of a playwright Um, you know, it's like, I, you know, she lives to 107. So it's like the first half of my life. I mean, the the first half of her life I've lived, you know? And so I have frames of references for becoming a mom and getting married. And, um, but there are things that happened to her that were unexpected, just like life, you know, and there are there are celebrations and there are devastations and life just keeps going forward. And, um, it, I'm just so excited for people to, to come and see this play because I really do think that it will be a respite for people. It, it, it's sort of a love letter in a way. I call it like a modern day, our town by Thornton Wilder. You know, there's there's an innocence to the play. Um, and I'm just praying, praying that uh,
1: we'll have the opportunity to do it.
0: Wow.
1: Well, We're going to come see it. Yeah, I was going to say, we'll okay. be there. Like, yeah. opening
0: night, we will be there. It sounds yeah. unbelievable.
1: It's eerily also time, very timely, I think, probably a lot of the lessons about, you know, human connection. Yes be yeah you know quite applicable
2: absolutely you know when we were first shut down you know th- the first few days we didn't know if it was just going to be for a week and we were all talking about you know more than ever this play really um just is it, coming at the right time um but it's it's also funny so
1: I can't wait for you guys to see it Um, Jake, should we, do you wanna jump to crowdsource questions?
0: Yeah, um, I mean, as I mentioned, you are a covetour fave, favorite of our editors, of our audience, all of that. We have a few questions that we've sourced. Um, and one of them is about the reboot of Will & Grace. And what, Uh what what was your favorite moment of filming from, from the last season?
2: Oh, wow. I think my favorite moment was, um, doing, the vitamin Benjamin scene and I Love
1: Lucy. Hold on, stop the cake. Okay. So <laughs> I was about to be like, in secret, a question from me, which was you, I was about to be like, from an anonymous source myself, yeah. which is you crush <laughs> playing Lucille Ball in that. And I was like, holy shit, when you came on, I was like, this is un, I was like, they, the resemblance was so uncanny, but you, my mom really loves I Love like, I was like, I've seen this done like many times, but you did it so insanely well. It was like watching her. And my question was what the, excuse my language, fuck was that like, cause you, it was so good. It literally, it, it
2: was mind blowing to me because, you know, ever since when we first started Will & Grace, you know, 22 years ago, um, Right off the bat, there were discussions about, oh, you know, it, wouldn't it be great to do an I Love Lucy episode because there's four of them and four of us. And, um, and very quickly, we were told that will never happen. Yeah. <laughs> because the estate has never, ever allowed anyone to replicate anything. And so we're like, oh, OK. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of this last season, they're like, um, we're doing I Love Lucy. And I was like, what are you talking about? And it turned out that um, Lucy Arnaz Jr. Uh, had decided that th- that we were the people that she wanted to be the first people to um, replicate some of their iconic scenes.
0: Oh, good.
2: And so, you know, I-, I think all of us were over the moon and terrified and, I had a week to prepare, one week, um, and I just remember thinking, oh, my God, Lucy Hernez is going to be there on the stage watching me play her mother.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And all of the Lucy fans out there of every generation is going to be watching, and they're going to be like, don't fuck up, Deborah." And so, it you know, it was a lot, but I just, I watched that scene over and over and over and over and over again, and... When I was on the set, I would listen to it like music. I would, because her voice is much higher than mine. And so I would listen to the musicality of how she spoke, and, and then I would watch and see like when her head would tilt. And um, it, was, it was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done, ever. Um, but it was also the most gratifying.
0: Um,
2: oh because when I finished, Lucy Arnaz came walking up to me and she was crying and she hugged me. And then I started crying and it was, um, it was a very, very powerful moment. But I, I just couldn't believe that, you know, we, we were given that, that opportunity and that privilege. And it it just felt like, yes, if we're going to go out, you know, the craziness of coming back and doing it for another three years, like all of that, it's just the whole thing was insane. And it's like, of course, it should, like, the cherry on top should be playing, you know, Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy. And then wearing, you know, a skull cap and playing Fred.
1: It was also, the whole whole episode was so good, but I'm not surprised that she was crying. Like, I was truly, like, myself doing double takes. It was just such an outstanding performance episode, everything about it. That was my question. So my low-key anonymous... Question, so I'm happy that <laughs> um, we got the chance to talk about it. Thank you, for not missing that question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Deborah, we always finish these off with a quick uh, rapid fire. So I'm going to take you through five questions. And uh, okay. you, can t- you can just like get right through them. So what's the first thing you're going to do when quarantine is over?
2: Uh, go out to dinner with friends.
0: What is the best thing that you've made in your pantry lately?
2: I made an incredible banana bread.
0: Uh, What is your go-to work from home out?
2: Oh, uh, sweatpants. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, sweatpants and a t-shirt and either an oversized sweater or a men's white uh, button, button down.
0: Perfect. For everyone listening, She's in a men's white button down currently um, what is your perfect idea of happiness
2: contentedness good health um, love in your life uh, peace
0: what is your motto your motto my motto yeah what's your motto
2: my motto is um Follow your instincts.
0: And finally, should I shave my beard?
2: Oh my god. Uh, let me see. Let me see it close up. Come closer. Well, what does your fiance say? No, I, fiance, mean, I have a. Thing.
0: She 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 was like, why don't you ask Deborah? And I was like, okay. I was like. Okay.
2: okay. Well, you know, I have a I have a thing about facial hair and kissing people with facial hair because yeah. I have really sensitive skin. And so I'm a skin person. I like to feel skin to skin. So that's my prejudice.
0: She would agree with you. She is slowly complaining more and more each day. Oh, it's uncomfortable. Oh, it's irritating. Uh, I think the quarantine beard's coming off. Everybody listening. It's not that long.
2: And then post the picture.
1: Post post it before and after.
0: Fine, I'll post it before and after. Uh, And if you miss
1: it, it will grow back in not a very long time, so.
0: This is very true. Um, before we wrap this all up, you know, Covator, Jake, Stephanie, wanted to wish you a huge congratulations on your upcoming podcast launch, The Dissenters. Um, do you wanna share with our audience like a quick s- snippet? This this episode that we're recording right now is coming out on Monday. I know the podcast is an Airtel the 21st. So if you wanna like speed it, like. Uh, what what what's yeah? Tell us.
2: Yes, um, it's called the Dissenters, and it premieres uh, the twenty first of March on Thursday. And basically, it's my girlfriend and I who are big nerds, um, and we have scoured the earth and found twenty badass people who have just one day said, uh, "I don't like that," so I'm going to change it. And um, they have done extraordinary things with their lives. And basically, we're doing this podcast to inspire people to, uh, to just take the first step. You don't have to be educated, you don't have to have certain number of followers in order to be an activist. And, um, and we're really nerdy and it's fun.
0: Amazing. Well, we can't wait to tune in and listen and everybody listening here, get excited. It's coming out on Thursday. Uh, But Deborah, it has been so, so good to check in with you and catch up with you. We miss you and we can't wait to see you when we are all out of quarantine. Um, So thank you so much, and Stephanie.
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, obviously everyone who is tuning in and listening, thank you so much. We are always open to any questions. And of course, don't forget to follow at the real Deborah Missing. Um, if there's any other questions, if you're looking for some great content to follow, and please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe um, our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next Monday for our newest episode. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or iTunes and make sure to leave a rating and a review. We look forward to seeing you all next week and thank you again for listening.